are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. Hey, come on in, take a seat, grab a beer, grab a juice, grab a soda, whatever you want. There's some snacks here at the table. Our guest is on his way. Um, but before we get into today's episode, I want to just sort of give you a bit of a disclaimer. I want to prepare you, the listener, um, to the reality that you're about to hear on, the, on today's show. Uh, today's show is 100% honest. Today's show is 100% real. Um, if you listen to a lot of other podcasts, the formula for broadcast in general is that it's my job as the host to sort of guide the conversation, right? I'm trying to make sure that we talk about stuff that I think the audience would be interested in and the audience wants to hear. Whenever I do that on the show, I kind of feel like I'm doing an injustice to the conversation. I've always said that I just want this show to be as if you're hanging out with me here and I'm hanging out with an old friend or a new friend that I'm just meeting and we just talk about the stuff that comes natural. Hence the dilemma for today's episode. I started the show with a couple of questions and I wanted to sort of get in, dip my toes into some of the standard questions, asking our guest about his work, asking our guest about the art, that kind of thing. Um, but it just doesn't feel right, you know? And the guest is ultimately kind of driving the show, on our show at least. And when you feel where they want to go and they've got things that they want to talk about, and if they want to be truly honest about their career and the path that they've taken and what it is that they face in the career, then what's I'm not going to stop that from happening, man, because that's what I want to know. That's the truth of it, right? I promised unfiltered stuff. I promised no Instagram filters on what we do on this show. And it's a dangerous game. It really is because oftentimes you don't want to have things said or say things on the show that may affect your career, may affect my career, may affect the career of the guest on the show. I don't necessarily think that we've done that on today's episode, but I will say this. He informs us on a lot of the realities behind what it's like to do what it is that he does on today's show. Now, if you're looking for an inspirational show uh, or an inspirational episode, rather, that is going to paint a rainbow, happy sort of illustration of what it's like to be an illustrator and even a director in today's business this isn't the episode for you. There are plenty of those episodes. So go back through my queue and look for the one that you want. If you're an artist that is working and having trouble and having trouble charging for things, having trouble getting paid, having trouble getting noticed and have, I don't know, have theories on why that's happening. This might be an interesting episode for you because we go deep into that stuff. We go deep into theories. We go deep into like why certain things are happening the way that they're happening. Now, there's always a risk when we do a program like this because both me and today's guest are about the same age. I think we're very close in age. So we're in our mid 40s at this point, which doesn't make me any better than you if you're younger listening to the show. And if you're older listening to the show, I still have a lot to learn. Okay. But I just want you guys to know that I'm aware. Sometimes when you hear conversations like this, 
It sounds like two old guys on a porch somewhere uh, upset that the days don't exist the way they used to back in the 90s. That is the only driving that I try to do on today's episode, which is to make sure that I'm aware that you're listening. And I don't want you guys to feel uh, triggered or excluded or more importantly than that, I don't want you guys to shut it off too early. You know what I mean? Because if you stick with it, sometimes when you hang out with somebody that's been doing it a little bit longer than you, and yeah, they may be a little calloused, and yes, there may be reasons for that, but there's lessons to be learned in there. That's the hardest thing when you're trying to explain or describe a career path to someone younger than you. Because to get into this career, you need to have those wide open, doughy-eyed goals, those lofty goals, those things that you think this industry is supposed to do for you, how great you're going to be. You need to get lost in that stuff. That's imperative because you're about to take a pretty hard trek to be an artist, to be a filmmaker, to be any of that stuff. And there are some harsh realities about what's going on globally and economically. And there's a lot of folks that are really talented artists that just literally cannot afford to continue to do so. It's a shame. There's a lot of theories on why that's happening, and we talk a bit about it on today's show as well. Completely unexpected conversation, but I'm happy I had it, and I'm happy to finally get our guest on the show today. This is a guy that I've known, apparently, he makes it apparent to me, that I've been talking to and that I've known for about 11 years now without meeting face-to-face. I met, I found him initially back in the day when I was doing my uh, old grindhouse trash movies that I would do, that I was doing, and I was doing variant covers, and I was looking at different artists and amazing uh, illustrators that have done a lot of like B-movie, underground, cult classic films, and one that kept showing up um, was today's guest, and that is none other than the talented, uh, the epic Tom Hodge aka the dude designs so if you're on instagram head on over to instagram.com the dude designs if you're online head on over to his actual website and that is tom hodge so let me check this out it's the dude just want to make sure i get that right um and look at the posters that he's done he's done some great work he did the hobo with a shotgun poster he did color out of space he's done some fantastic stuff stuff that when you look at from the outside you'd go wow this guy must have it made he must be making great money he's convinced clients that they should pay him for the level of detail he does and everything else stick around hear the true realities behind what it's like to do this sort of thing um it's a it's a great episode i'm very excited to have it presented to you And I'm pretty much presenting it unedited. So this ended up being a conversation that I thought was going to be about an hour and 40 minutes. But you'll see, we just find some new shit to talk about and we go even deeper in. So strap yourselves in for a long one. This is about a two-hour episode uh, or two-hour interview without the uh, music and everything else that I'm putting into it. But it's a good one. I think it's great. Um, and before we get started, thank you everybody for following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and following the podcast on Instagram at In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. I have been posting all sorts of materials, all sorts of stuff. 
Um, I'm recording this episode a little bit earlier, but I'm sure I will be deep in the new project and everything that's going on with the proof of concept that we're putting together. Very excited about all that. Um, And uh, yeah, that's where you can comment on this show. There's a lot of strong opinions that are going to be thrown at you in today's episode. Let me know if you agree or disagree. Send me some notes. Send me some messages on Instagram. I appreciate it from each and every one of you. And show some love for the artist on today's show. If you enjoy his stuff, head on over to his Instagram page and say, hey, Tom, Mike sent me, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? That's it. There's so much coming up, so I'm not going to draw this out any further. So strap yourselves in. Grab a couple cold beers because you're going to need them. And get ready for probably one of the more honest episodes of In Love With The Process. Hey, Tom, how are you, buddy? How are you? Yeah, you know, rumbling on, as uh, the Zeppelin sang. <laughs> a great Zeppelin song, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, where, where are you? Must be obsessed. <laughs> where, are you, where are you at right now? As in life or location? <laughs> <laughs> let's, start, let's start with the simple questions. Where, where, where are you calling from right now? Yeah. Uh, well, UK, obviously, uh, and for my sins, I'm, I'm back in my original uh, hometown of uh, Leicestershire. <laughs> for your sins, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, man. It's like that, uh, do you remember the, always the Simpsons sketch where they've got Woody Allen no. uh, working with monkeys making crackers, <laughs> jokes for Chinese crackers in the restaurants, and he's like, how did I get here? And then he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can always go back to that. Uh, <laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on the show. You and I have been talking on and off on Instagram for quite a few years at this point. Um, yeah, because we, we started talking right when I started doing it, the, the, the posters thing. So it's going back a good 10 plus years now. Oh, my God. Still got your DVD somewhere that you sent me of your uh, oh, right. shorts, those Grindhouse, yeah. the suicide. Yes. Yes, that back Girls. in the day. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, that's right. Jesus, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, yeah, and, you know, obviously I reached out to you originally because of your great poster work. You know, uh, I think I the original I saw from you was probably Hobo with a Shotgun. Maybe, was it that? Yeah, yeah it was probably that. Um, but uh, I've been a big fan of your work, obviously, now for 10, 10 plus years. I did, you know, time travel, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, fuck, was that 10 years ago? Fuck. <laughs> it's probably going on 11, yeah, roundabout. Oh, thanks, man. 
um, but uh, yeah, and then I, I checked out your short film that you sent me over there too. So I'm excited to talk about a bit of everything, man. I mean, you know, illustrator, director, like editor, producer, like all the way across the board, man. You know? Yeah, I've tried, uh, I tried to diversify and double in little bits here and there. Nice, man. Well, I mean, you. Uh, I mean, you're kind of, it's kind of like me, you know, like a mass, like Jack of multiple trades, ma- master of maybe one, maybe, <laughs> maybe if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. I tried to sort of stretch out and do things. I mean, I sort of had to sort of come back more to the central piece now. Cause I mean, like with films and stuff, it's quite, it's a rich, it's a rich man's game in a way yeah. or a rich kid, kid, rich kids game or a trusty trust fund kids game <laughs> largely. Yeah. Yes, it feels that way, especially these days where like we were just talking, my girlfriend, who's also been doing a lot of music videos and that stuff, she's been sort of dabbling in that world. And we're just looking at what other directors will do for free. And it's just like, what the <laughs> fuck? <dude?" laughs> like, oh, yeah. I mean, of all the independent directors I've sort of met and worked with, I, I kind of met like, I, well, I think the Astron 6 were the only guys. And but probably that was like one of, one of them that was like just broke and couldn't afford to yeah, yeah. do it. And it was just such a shame because they had the talent. That's why so many shit, particularly like horror films, so much shit gets produced because people have got the money but not the talent. And also, while horror, it's always like rich kids in big mansions because that's, you know, social realism in horror is something that should be, yeah, needs to be brought out a bit more because it's terrible. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I'm happy that you're, I'm happy that you're saying those things for sure uh, because it does feel that way. Really, it's just, it's money. I mean, but the, uh, without getting, without you know, dancing in dangerous territory, that sort of goes all the way up to the top too. It's like who's getting the money, who has the cash, and who's making movies, and why are they making movies? And, oh yeah, yeah. You know, there's you know, it's. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's something that cinema's really lost touch with a lot. Because I mean, that's what I did. I do because I did when I was at university. I did uh, graphic communication or visual communication, whatever they wanted to call it, mm. and uh, you had to do a side thing for your written dissertation and essays and i did film studies oh okay and uh so part of the i tried to do like some of the films i really liked and the, the dissertation the, was terrible so then i thought okay well i'll go quite intellectual the dissertation i did social realism in british cinema in the 19th so i loved the 60s at the time uh-huh. so i did that and uh yeah it's an interesting area of film that has been forgotten largely but there's lots of films like obviously it, the off the later offshoot was films like Alfie, but before then you got like Saturday Night Sunday Morning huh. with Albert Finney, yep. Taste of Honey, Loneliness of a Long Distance Runner, Room at the Top. Uh, if you get the chance, check them out. They're all black and white. Oh, I love it. Films, yeah, I love it. Uh, and there's a really good one I can't remember. That's uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the actor now. Welsh actor, blonde fella, pointy mm. face, and he plays a rugby. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't know. Starve. No, but yeah, if you get the chance, but yeah, it's a, and it's something that has died out. I and mean, they, they brought it in in the 60s because everything in the 50s was quite, you know, class wasn't represented. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's something I wanted to do when I did that short. I was going like, to try and do like the whole story was written like poor people. Yeah. And the struggles of that. But yeah, it's not, it's not, 
yeah, it's something I miss, you know, in horror. It's, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a whole other ball <laughs> game. I, I, like, I like that we're tackling it. it now, <laughs> is, is, so your short Teddy Bear's Picnic is the one that I watched. Is that is that public? Can people see that? Or is that just a private? Yeah, it was – don't even get me fucking started on that thing. Uh, yeah, it is. It should have been – I mean, I, I did the, the, the short – uh, it was a long project that I've been, I was working on to make a feature film. And I was signed up to like uh, Dallas Sonner when they were just before they sort of made uh, Bone Tomahawk. And oh, then, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Hollywood contract bullshit thing. So I signed it all. Was, and then they just, I never know if they're actually planning to go ahead with it, to be honest. I don't know if it was just kind of like a tax thing anyway. It didn't happen. Yeah. So then I was shopping it around. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, trying to push contacts, but uh, so then I put my money where my mouth at the time. I made a short to try and make like this proof of concept thing, and did it. There was a f- struggle. It was probably one of the, it was bigger. I mean, obviously the, the creating, taking creative, which I do with the posters, was a very solitary thing, and then yep. taking that outside and trying to deal with people and dealing with people's. <laughs> resentments oh interesting was, was really yeah i found it a very i mean i know i know you know i struggle with some mental things but it was trying to it, it was yeah it was so difficult i mean I, there was yeah i mean we could, it, it, it was <laughs> so what do you mean everything everything that could have gone wrong kind of even down to like the last post-production thing dealing with some people i mean not everybody but it kind of it was my last hurrah of dealing with people. Oh. I was kind of <laughs> shut off after that, really. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a learning lesson in directing, dude. That's your fucking... I mean, I th- I th- uh, yeah, I mean, you've got a good act. I mean, you know, there's a handful of people that, that were very helpful. Yeah. Uh, but we got sort of some people in through a producer and there was a lot of resentment. It was just weird. It was, it was so difficult. And like this one guy cost me so much money and... I don't know. He just didn't bother to turn up. And then we were, he had bits and oh man, it was crazy. But I thought I did, you know, I tried, it was an independent short thing. So, I mean, we were in the middle of woods in nowhere and I like spent ages getting a, a, like a porter loo and stuff like that. And like, we got a tent, we got a coffee, th- urns, <laughs> we got food. My partner at the time cooked food. But I was like, you know, I thought that was quite, it was an independent shoot. So I wasn't really sure what people were expecting as far as. Sure. Sure. The amenities and what you were given, uh, the weather did go cold, but, uh, yeah, it was just, and then like, it got to like the end. Yeah. It was, it's just got crazy. Like one girl, a car, uh, because she was doing a shoot, her husband reversed the car into someone and smashed it. And then she wanted me to pay for it. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Because she was going yeah, to the okay. shoot. Cause she was headed to the yeah, shoot. Yeah, oh my God. yeah. And then, yeah, and like this guy that didn't turn up and he just, I mean, it was an independent shoot. There was a very short period of light time and he just didn't, you know, he, every day was late uh, and then he was supposed to, he offered to return the equipment. Then he just turned around at the last minute and says, I'm not returning it. And it was just like, we've got to get this equipment from Leicester to London, which is a good two, three hours yeah. journey. And it was like, well, and I was supposed to be on the set the next day to shoot this VR version. And Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was just crazy. And then even like post somebody I knew, to, I tried to get someone I knew when I worked at Sony to be an editor and uh, 
and he was like, oh, you know, I'll look at it. And I took the stuff over and I thought it was just, he wasn't editing anymore. He was working in a pub and doing odd jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, you do it. And he looked, did a, did something on it and it was just like, just like a short bit and it wasn't very good. It was awful. And I was like, yeah, it's not really where I want it to go. And he was like, oh, you just got to let me, you know, let me do my thing on it. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want you to, you know, don't do don't waste time on it because it's not sure you know if it's not going in the right way and it was like, oh, it's like i just need tight space to do my thing so i was like go for it so then he sort of did it and then handed over and it was just it was awful it was really <laughs> bad and then he turned around and goes well you know and then he sent me an invoice saying well i've worked like a week on this so i want payment and i was like what the fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> and i lost a fucking 40 quid hard drive and a backup of the film Oh he kept God. it. I couldn't get it off him, but yeah, shit like that. And it was like, oh, destroy this, all this sort of shit. Uh, uh, and it was just, it just spanned on and on. So it was crazy. I mean, some good things, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was always off. It was a lot that we got like, it was just crazy shit. And like with the she we got a producer who wasn't even on set at the time. And she got like someone who was meant to be the electrician. And he said, Oh, you need this generator. He was like this, 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 <laughs> mechanic type guy so i got the generator like the last minute and the guys at the generator said you don't want that generator because i learned i learned probably as much about generators as i did about <laughs> making films on that shit oh my but God. every time if you get a generator you have to get so every time every meter you go it loses power oh. so you have to have i ended up with a massive generator because of the distance that it was going downhill and shit like that just to power a light and it's like fuck and you're ringing round at like last minute so i was like producing and doing all sorts of so yeah so in the end i i edited it myself yep. which was fun i've never really done editing before yeah i was... played about it a couple of times yeah man you did a good job it came out great i thought the piece was good man i thought it was great thanks there was some workaround bits we struggled there's like a scene with the kid where she struggles with the mom and she sort of reacts and the mom's like, oh, and the wee guy that is missing a piece. Uh, yeah. And that, well, that was sort of a difficult one to think. I mean, I have some regrets on personal. I didn't, I can be quite awkward around people physically when you sort of meet some. And I wish I was a bit more pushy about like, like when we, I built, we built, and this other guy who was an amazing guy to work with. He was a, a forest what do you call him? What do you call the guy who does forests? Woodsman. I can't oh. remember. There's a technical name for it. Oh, like the greensman? Like <laughs> like someone that's doing like uh, like bringing like like bushes and shit in the background of shots? Is that the, the thing that you're talking no, about? No, he was a proper oh. like oh. knew about trees and because it was in a village of my, of my girlfriend at the time. And oh, they were okay. all and he was a proper trained tree surgeon and forest guy and he knew everything and he like brilliant guy. He looked like Colin Farrell and <laughs> <laughs> really not yeah nice he's moved out to wales now uh but yeah we built like a hole because the forest wasn't dense enough so that when she's running through the trees we built this whole forest oh, wow. which you can't tell in the shot because then when they it was shot that tunnel scene of the forest was shot very quickly at the end of like the second day we only had three days and it was over smoked and I didn't really get to vet the footage. Oh. And it was a shame because it didn't, doesn't really show how it, how it was. And it kind of looked a lot more impressive in person than it was. It was just over smoked and lost. And I built all these bears. I spent a whole summer and I've still got some of them in the loft, like degrading. And the bears went from being kind of 
normal to then a bit more warped to then like ran down to then eventually you end up with these like tribal bears and there was this whole <laughs> the attention to detail is probably more than comes across but you know it sounds like you uh trial by fire on that whole thing it sounds like you were learning uh, a lot of hard lessons as you made that whole piece man yeah yeah i mean i, I i'm happy with how it came out and it did festivals so it, it was nice we did stitch, stitches and nice. that was good fun to nice. see yeah yeah uh fright fest and some of the others uh and then it was supposed to like show on uh crypt tv mm-hmm. but then i was like talking to people i was like don't release it until you've kind of got like because the script needed a bit more tweaking don't release it until you got this or the connection if it gets released it gets lost and i was speaking to a guy who cited uh Megafoot. I don't know if you ever remember no, that one a while no. back. It was a big short for like it was like a mutant Bigfoot robot Terminator Bigfoot thing, and it got loads of attention. But they never kind of got it together to do the film, and it lost its heat by the time it came around. So they'd lost the what was hot. So I held off for a bit, and then someone came along and just completely ripped it and did a teddy bear's picnic, which is fucking awful to be honest it's really <laughs> hammy they've just taken the music and the lyrics which you can't fucking do because it's still under copyright uh and they just did that and they put like a guy in a bear suit uh sort of acting out from the song teddy bear's picnic which was and it's fucking terrible anyway that got released and because it was through crypt tv and i was pissed off i said you know you'd signed and agreed to yeah host mine and then you've shown this ripoff one so that's got like 10 million fucking hits and mine's lost in the mire with like a thousand. Yeah. It's funny how that shit, uh, it's funny how that shit works, man. Like I've done two proof of concepts at this point. Uh, and I'm about to do another one, but I did two that, uh, one was 12 KM and that one I was ahead of the curve on. And then many folks have been writing to me and saying that there's a, another guy, I think he's a Russian guy. I think he, he did a feature version of the same sort of story that got released. I think that's on Shudder. That got released on Shudder, which is, it's not my what movie. What was that one called? I don't remember. It's like Deeps or something, Depths or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, yeah. yeah. Supposedly it's shit. It's, yeah, well, <laughs> it's I mean, it's... Because it, it, I, th- I saw the concert, you know, like the posters and a bit of the trailer, and it was like, oh, it looks really good. And then I just heard people go, it was... Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, my, my movie's completely different than that. So, and the fact that it is shit is good. Because <laughs> then, <laughs> then you're just like, oh. It's, it's Russian now. Nobody's going to want to see yeah, it anyway yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah, Russian. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, let that let that ride out. That's fine. No big deal. But then even... The, so you're still going ahead with that? Oh, then. yeah, yeah. That's still, that's yeah, still yeah. in development over at uh, Scott Free. So... That's still oh, cool. awesome. Man. Yeah, man. And then the other one who's there, I've had Ryan Conley on the show. Who's uh, mm-hmm. he's over at Film Riot, and he was laughing because he did a another knocking kind of script too, and a, and a short for it as well. And I was like, I did mine first, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird how the uh, zeitgeist is like. There's people are connected. Like you put an idea out there. And even if you're not talking about it, somehow someone else is also thinking about the same thing. And it's yeah, I mean, somebody must because I mean, I, when I posted on YouTube, because there were comments like someone's like, "You fucking ripped off the crypt," and I was like, "No, check the fucking dates on IMDb." I was like, "Yeah, made this three years before they ever even got." <laughs> somebody either saw it, and I wouldn't be surprised someone saw it something or somebody's picked up and gone, "Oh well, that's not that never happened." I was wondering if it was somebody who. 
connected to something that shot it or there was a few people that was uh yeah, you never know. weren't happy about what i did so i still wonder if there was some well due to my interior. whole yeah i guess but uh, yeah and it, the way this business works it's so ridiculous as far as like heat and when you go out with it and when it's supposed to go out and yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's that. It's, it's, it's a it's, juggling act that. Yeah, it's ridiculous the way the game works. And the big, I mean, the big thing that I, I've always wanted to make film, and the thing nobody sort of talks about because when I was in London, I was doing an R and about joining like Rain Dance Film School, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the big problem that I sort of had when I shot yours, is I don't fucking know anyone. <laughs> I've got no <laughs> friends anymore. Uh, and it was always a struggle that that's the good, you know, people go about making, oh, you know, got mates together and make it. Or, you know, you'll hear directors say, no, you can just get people together. You can shoot it on a film, sure. on a camera, on a phone. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't fucking know anyone, yeah, uh, then that, that, you know, if you're Billy No Mates, it, 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 that is a big problem. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is. And I mean, that's the, that's the thing that, you know, the diehard filmmakers out there and this is something that i did for years is that you have to go work in film you have to go work on other people's Mm -hmm. shoots you have to spend time with folks you gotta like interact with people to do stuff you gotta understand what their job is and then those people if they like you (laughs) if you're a decent person those people will like want to work on your shit if if you inspire folks around you but it does take time you just can't Mm -hmm. be like coming out of the woodwork going hey i'm gonna make a movie tomorrow because then you find yourself in your position and i've i know so many indie filmmakers at least back on the east coast when i was back in boston i knew a lot of like directors that had the same path that you did where they went into it and they get i find that there are people out there that sort of leech themselves to creatives especially i don't know why they do it at such a low budget range because they think they're going to make a ton of money and it's like there isn't a lot of money floating around this fucking thing why are you attaching this yeah you know what i mean and i've heard those stories before people that like put themselves in a situation where they're like, pay me as a consultant. And uh, the person that did that, if you're listening to the episode, yeah, it was a shit move that you did. You know, like they <laughs> they leverage themselves in to try to make money off of these people. And you're like, dude, this is someone that's financing it themselves. They're trying to pull this thing together. Like, uh, don't expect to get paid when you're working on an independent short. Just don't. Because there's no financing. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's no money for that. It's not like someone's handing me a big fucking check one day going, hey, make this with all this money. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to keep all this money and not pay anybody. It doesn't <laughs> exist that way, you know? Um, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was, I was self-funding. Yeah. I could really do that money back now. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you know, it's – it was – yeah, I mean, it was for the love and the passion and – Sure. Sure. Wanting to, it's a shame that I still would love, I still wish that I could make the full film. I think it'd be cool. The ending, what I wanted to do with it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, it's one of these lost things. I don't really know. Yeah. I've been there. I'd like to get the visuals out somehow. So I don't know. Supposedly, uh, well, um, someone's going to do, I got contacted by a publisher to do a book. Oh, cool. Uh, of the work because it's been how many years now so i'm trying to compile that together found out i've lost a bloody hard drive so i've lost like a year's worth of work but oh my god like like your illustration hard drive you lost mm. so i'm trying to track down like a father's day poster 
is is lost. Oh, bummer. Uh, so I need to track that down. I've got like a version of it, but it's like the flat. Yeah. Somebody sent me, but it's a flat. I need the sort of layered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so the hard drive's with someone at the moment, but it's it's just died. Oh. Oh yeah. So I lost that in another independent film, but hopefully one I can recover. Oh but, right. Uh, so the hard drive failed. Is that basically what happened? Yeah. yeah. Which is annoying. The crazy thing is, it, it was a backup drive. Yeah. And. I've just lost the original drive and I was always so, I don't know where I've done with it. I was always so careful with my hard drive. It's like, how can I, I can't even remember the drive. It's like, what's happened to this? Uh, that's it's weird. That, anyway. that also drove me nuts. Like back when you were buying hard drives initially. And I remember when I started in this business, it was, they were always saying lacy, buy lacy drives and they're super fucking expensive. And you buy like these, these backup drives that are supposedly going to last all this time. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, how the fuck do you know how long it's going to last? You just made this fucking thing. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no track record on this. And then years later you go plug them back in, you know, and it's like five, eight years later and the drive is clicking and you're like, fuck, yeah, yeah. I spent so much money on this thing with the guarantee that it was going to last this period of time. And they just don't. And it's scary because all of the past projects and all that past stuff is stored on those th that type of hard drive stuff. And then folks are like, well, hey, just use the cloud. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, am I gonna am I gonna upload all my raw shit to the cloud? I mean, how how many celebrities' phones were hacked and there's like nude videos and shit off of supposedly the most unhackable cloud service that was out there. I'm not gonna put all my raw files up online somewhere. Because you've always got to pay them for it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if I manage to back up all the, well, I can't, because it's like, well, you know, where's it end? And these hard drives, I work on a sort of shoestring budget, and these hard drives are like 50 quid minimum a yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so I'm supposed to get a backup of a backup every time. It's like, but you should really get two backups. <laughs> and it's like, how many backups do you need? <laughs> so I don't have any backups, really. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like, when we do shoots, that's the move, is that, like... I can't believe how many people don't charge clients for them, but I'm always charging clients. I'm like, you got to pay for like five, like four or five hard drives, man. And this yeah, is yeah. for backups on backups on backups, just for an insurance policy, let alone anything yeah. else. It's like, cause this is all fucking digital, man. And I've, you've had it. I've had it. Those, those days where you plug in that fucking hard drive and it doesn't fucking work. And you're just like that panic, that sweat that sort of sweeps over you where it's like, where's my fucking master? Like, where's that PSD file? Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ah, damn it. Stressful, man. Very stressful. Anyway, let, let's get back on to, um, how'd you get into posters? Like, how did that start for you? When did I, where the, where's the origin? I was listening to a uh, great musician I sort of used to listen to, uh, and I sort of picked up his stuff again. Uh, what called Whitey, if you get the chance, fucking brilliant. <laughs> Uh, what is it? There's lots of different artists. An artist called Whitey. He's a UK okay. musician, not the not the rapper Whitey or the country music singer Whitey. This is the electro pop. He's like, uh, I don't know. It's very. It's, some of it's real, sort of quite depressing. But he does a line about you know, if you come from the outside, you stay on the outside. And I was like, it's one of the truer words I've ever uh, heard. And it's particularly with stuff that I've done. You know, he's like, I've always sort of been on the outside tried to sort of get on the inside but it's never worked and as a kid i was ill a lot uh because i got this immune deficiency thing so i was ill a lot uh struggled sort of getting in so i was kind of you know bullying at school and stuff and never really kind of yeah 
yeah fitting in so i ended up spending a lot of time messing about with sort of art and stuff and then retreating into sort of like films and stuff a lot and and recording stuff off video and films became a sort of obsession in a way and uh we then so, you know video shops when they came out and you know the highlight of the week sort of became being taken down to the video shop and yep. looking at the videos on the shelves and picking those so that yeah me too that's something that became really ingrained in me mm-hmm. uh that sort of excitement that became a big thing really and and then i was sort of ill so then i was right recording films off tv and making my own video covers uh which weren't very good but <laughs> doing that and that's what sort of got me into design so like when i remember when i went to i finished school and my dad found out about a thing called graphic design mm-hmm. so when i went to the interview for that college uh i was like full of my portfolio of art stuff and like my video covers that i'd sort of a couple of video covers that i've made uh, so that's kind of what got me into design. But then, as you got more into design, we were talking about the nineties. Yep, yep. So I graduated in two thousand, so it was the nineties. So the more as you sort of got into design, around the nineties, videos were dead, and it was all DVDs, and they were just awful uh, artwork. <laughs> yeah, it was slapped together. So it wasn't any merit in that sort of area. So the design trend at the time. I can't remember his bloody name now. It was like this SF, FF Blur font. Do you remember FF? Did you ever yes, do yes, yes, yes. And then yeah, yeah. That, so was, that, that was the period of time where they were just taking like really rough cut like headshots of the actors and then doing like those really bad Photoshop montages uh, and, and putting really shitty fucking fonts oh, on yeah, yeah. that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah the design trend sort of became quite minimum. Yeah. minimal in a way then you also had a bit more abstract stuff but i was trying to remember Brody, wasn't it Brody the designer i've still got them now it's funny if you like look back at 90s design books they're fucking awful yeah <laughs> really uh, but no, i couldn't really but i did i did all right at college oh because i struggled at school but then college i really did quite i got an award i got the highest in the class mm. mind you it wasn't very good i did like a cinema uh packaging for a cinema and i sort of made up this cinema thing and then from there i went on to university didn't get along with the university as much from a sort of work and uh sort of butted heads a bit with the, the <laughs> lecturers uh it was fun i mean i learned more sort of life experience than i did did you go through the whole university did you end up doing the whole thing because I, I i was the same way i went into it at first and i was just like what why the fuck am i doing this and like how much is this costing me yeah i'm out of here yeah, yeah. i hit a point I did. I did try and leave in the first year, actually. Uh, it was, I mean, it's nineties that had sort of one of the crashes. Yeah. I mean, we've been through so many fucking crashes. It's not true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was one of them and I couldn't get a job. So I kind of stayed on cause I did, we did, I don't know about the UK. We have like colleges and then you get universities. Uh, you can do like, you can stay on at schools and do a levels or whatever the fuck they are now. Oh. Uh, so I did like a backdoor way and went through college because I didn't really come out with much because I'm also dyslexic. So, which I didn't find out until like the last year of university. It was like, would have been a lot more fucking helpful if you'd have told me this sooner. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it would have avoided so many arguments with my dad. If we do, oh, well, that's the reason why things don't sink in. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I failed. So I didn't get maths and English. So I went to his college, did really well in college, which goes to show you, I think the school system's fucked. Yeah, totally. Is. It, 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 it teaches people, you know, science, maths, English, if you ain't fucking doing them, you out and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's all, and it's all their accreditation, at least here in the States. And yeah. I've, I've talked about this plenty of times, so I won't go too deep on it, but like, the whole preying upon uh, that these colleges do and the sort of brainwashing that they did, at least through the 90s, that they did to our parents, where it's just like, if your kid doesn't go here, he's shit. He has no fucking options. And it's like, they would set up these like uh, trade fairs in uh, in fucking like elementary schools, like early on. Really? Oh, yeah. And they would have like oh. these like trade desks and all these colleges would show up, very similar to the way that the army and the military does it. And they would just sort of come in and be like, what school are you going to go to? Which one are you going to do? And what? And the next thing you know, your whole fucking childhood career is like, how many extracurricular activities are you doing? And how many sports are you playing? And, and, and so it's all lined up for you to go to the school, which then indebts you to the school. And you have to thank them for getting a fucking loan. And then now we have an entire generation of people that are coming out going, I need to get a fucking job. There are no jobs available. So I'm going to go to Starbucks and then Starbucks is asking for your fucking like bachelor degree. And you're just like, <laughs> are you going to yeah. help pay for the fucking loan? And then, then you're stuck in this loan game where I forget. I was talking to a friend of mine who had just crossed into his forties, mid forties, mm -hmm. late forties. And he was like, uh, I just paid off my student loans. It was like, holy shit. And it was for uh, something that he studied that he didn't even fucking do as a job. He didn't end up even doing that. And he's paying loans on something that he that he made a decision when he was a kid to go and invest in this thing that once he had real life experience, he's like, fuck that. I don't want to go do that shit. You know? And he's yeah, yeah. paying for that decision still. It's crazy. So you have tuition fees in the sense, look, because we, we didn't used to, uh, but you could go to university and that was largely free well, it was free you just had to sort of pay for accommodation oh, you know nah. living's costs <laughs> then they bought fees in we were the last year i was the last generation to actually get it free yeah for that not that you didn't end up with huge you had to not that you didn't have student loans and people were getting because you obviously you know you've got to live for sure. three years sure sure so the worst still so now you've got the pressure if you've got to live for three years so you've really got to have a student loan that people were still having to fucking pay off and now on top of that you've also got to pay like however many fucking grand to just do the course i know which let's crazy. face it if you're doing a fine art course that just takes the piss because you're never making that money back if you're a doctor <laughs> or a fucking lawyer yeah yes. great yes yes i remember it was like so, someone suggested to me you should go for a liberal arts degree i'm like how the fuck is that gonna pay me <laughs> like, like, where's, where's the I money know, I wish, you know i wish i could have done an arts thing but there's fucking arts worlds all fucking middle class well-off fucking kids like tracy emmon she was like oh, she became the head of the the, the gallery of the national whatever art foundation thing she's like the outside is now the inside and i was like fuck off you're a daughter of a millionaire <laughs> you know you are the fucking establishment you know you're just a different face of it but it's still the same yeah dude. Uh, yeah and you see it like you see it on all sorts of different levels there are like i'm not going to say specifics but there are like academy award-winning director who comes from families that have been financing their movies since they began and then there's no. all the way down to like when you're trying to bid as a business owner, you're trying to bid on a project 
that requires you to have expenses. Like, uh, let's pretend before you have kids and pretend before you have responsibility. You know, it's like mm. I have to have insurance. I have to have all these different things that are required. And you're bidding against some kid whose parents went out and bought him the most expensive camera on the fucking marketplace. And he has no, and they're paying for the rent of that person. And they have no, like, uh, financial responsibility. So then they can walk into these places that should be paying good money for advertising and should be paying yeah. good money for stuff. And he can go in there and go, ah, fuck it. No, no, no big deal. I'll just do this shit for free. And you're just like, dude, you've just blown up the whole fucking industry with your fucking, like, irresponsible methods here. Like, you've blown <laughs> it up, you know? I don't know. That's huge tangent. Huge tangent. <laughs> no, no. I'm, 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 I don't know. I think maybe everybody's getting a bit, but there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's got a lot harder, particularly nowadays with politics, with what's happening. I mean, I don't know about the US now, but oh. the UK is really fucked. And it's getting harder to sort of do art as, as any sort of, yeah. work for money yeah and that whole area of creativity of is just lost and it's like you wonder how many geniuses in areas do we actually lose because they never really had the opportunity to do it because of money yeah or that and there's you know yeah. and it becomes a playground for the elite yeah uh, which is going backward a lot of culture i think a lot of culture seems to be going a bit I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems to be going backwards. But then it's like, if you look on Instagram, it's a bit overwhelming because there's so many really fucking good, I mean, really good artists on shit. Yeah. And there's so much of it. And you're like, fuck. And then when you look back to some of the artists in the 60s and some of the stuff like they were doing, and you think, well, that was like not, you know, that's not a patch on what somebody's able to do now. Yeah. I mean, it's so much more accessible now. I think that like... Right. The tools are a lot more accessible. The ability to get your hands on stuff that in the past, like if you're talking the 80s, even the 90s, mm. it was like you had to have a team of professionals that knew, specially knew how to use specific expensive tools. Um, but now, you know, with the, it, it ended up becoming like a manufacturer's game, especially as you sort of pushed into like the 2000s where manufacturers started to do what they called prosumer. So they knew that they would make more money if they downgraded their materials slightly and they, they made it more available to the everyday person. So then you had digital cameras that were more accessible, even down to like tablets. And t like, I remember when Wacom shit was like super fucking expensive and now you can get, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, now you can get like uh, an iPad that you can draw on and do amazing shit with. And so I think the resources are more available, but... It's still at the end of the day, once you try to progress past a hobby and into a career, into a thing that's going to pay you for stuff, it's incredibly difficult for that right now, just because there's so many people out there. Yeah. I mean, don't get me started on that side. Probably, I mean, this is probably one of my things that's caused me problems. I am too brutally honest about things, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, people who've, I mean, I, I still really run low end because I can't afford shit. Yeah. And, you know, I'd love one of those screens that you draw on. I mean, when I started out, I can't remember what it was up to, but you, I forget, but I, you know, I was, I was drawing with a, or painting or whatever with a mouse. 
mm-hmm. for a long period of time because I couldn't get a tablet. And I only started to experiment with a tablet when when I was at Sony and they brought in, everyone got a tablet, tiny thing. And I started to, everybody couldn't work it to begin with and just sort of threw them away. And then I started to play about it because even with a mouse, it's very difficult to yeah. like do circles and curves. It's just really hard. Yeah. Uh, and then I started to experiment and I got used to a tablet and now I'd love a, a screen one, but I can't afford it. But you do see so many people who are just like playing around and they've got kit that's way fucking, <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck man, how, how? Well, dude, at this, uh, at this point, you got to just go for sponsors, dude. At this point, you got to get sponsored. I think that's the, I wouldn't even know where to be. Oh, dude, you just write, you write to one of them, write to like Wacom and one of those folks and be like, check out all my really rad shit. And they'll Come go, on. they'll go, cool. Will you post about it on Instagram? And you go, yeah. And they'll go, cool. We'll send you this one for free. Here you go, buddy. That's, that's the move. That's oh, the move. Too. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, also it doesn't, this, this stuff doesn't last long. I mean, no, not at all. Not at all, dude. Uh, I've worn the paint off my tablet, but yeah, I mean the new Mac that I got, you know, it's it's on its way out now and I'm like, fuck, I've. Yeah, I've not had it that long. Yeah, there's but. a ter- there's a term in the in the clothing business called fast fashion, which is clothing that they know isn't going to last. And I feel like this is fast technology. Like these these places design this hardware. Oh with, yeah, with the full understanding that they're going to release software upgrades like two or three years from now that is going to render that useless. I mean, that fucking thing's going to Yeah, it's the fucking the software that's the problem. The hardware, to be honest, it's fine. Yeah. But this, the like, change, like, like my Safari now that I was using doesn't fucking work because I haven't got the updated OS and they refuse to keep it up anymore and it's just shit like that. So then they block out the OS that doesn't work with that thing so then you can no longer get that. And I mean, like my old Mac that I used to be wearing, I used to have so many weird workarounds because I couldn't use this on it. So I had to do this to that because it's, it's all to do with like getting on the web and getting shit or os stuff this hardware was still you know it was slow but it was fine but they outdated it and that's why it does make me really angry it's like well there's nothing wrong with this but you're forcing that and you want to talk about you know ecology and well you know environmental stuff yeah and it's like yeah you know stop out fucking dating yeah hardware yeah i could all right by the way <laughs> <laughs> I can see uh, the younger generation's eyes glazing over right now as these two 40-year-olds are pitching about. We'll redo that. We'll restart again. We'll start talking about posters. <laughs> I just imagine that this was uh, what it was like when my grandfather was complaining about electric automatic opening doors. I don't like the way the doors open automatically for you. <laughs> I feel like that's this where we're at right now. <laughs> this is why the kids don't go on Facebook anymore. <laughs> But apparently that's what the kids think Facebook is, just a bunch of 40-year-olds moaning about shit. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right, but still. But here's the the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Mm. You will be 40 and you will get here. And it isn't just moaning. It's just I feel like we graduate past the point of, of marketing. We're no longer the marketing ploy. So they just sort of go, oh, we'll get back to you when you need drugs and medication. So we'll give you a couple <laughs> of years and then we'll hit you. So we're in this sort of Aren't like you, dead I, space, yeah. you know? I worry about that because, I mean, this is, the, things have got more sort of political and stuff. But even the UK, whenever you see everything that's going on and all the political bullshit, and then you, the, you have the people who are defending it and always getting angry are like the people who are over 50, the, the 
the boomers as you say and it's like i hope we don't go that way but then the hippie generation went that way as well and it's just like yeah you're gonna get old and you're gonna turn into an asshole (laughs) (laughs) but then maybe it's the schooling maybe schooling's a bit maybe it has got better over the years people have got more informed and i hope the kids you know the kids with everything i mean as as much as everybody and i've you know ranted about in the past like this uh cancel culture and political correctness thing but it is you know they are trying to make changes to let system that let's face facts is fucked it's not really oh helped. of course it's not really worked has it of course of course culture's not moved on since for well you know 300 fucking years or so we're still the same yeah dude you could get into a whole political debate about that we are locked into a system which is designed to sure. use people as cattle to shift money around either through debt or it's like why are the banks buying up all the fucking houses now so you have to rent from a bank yep. they want you in debt they, you, you just used as you know fucking tools to be shifted money around for richer people it's bollocks yeah i mean uh, when, when you start to really but, examine that stuff it does feel that way and, and i mean we'll stop it we'll go on to something else but the last there's a great fucking piece i can't remember by the economist he was, an, he was a Scottish economist and he worked at uh, an American university, but he did a great piece. And you just hope this is the case. And he's like, you know, uh, he says, I always tell my friends who live in the Hamptons, uh, you know, you'd be wary because the Hamptons are a lowlands and they're not very defendable. So when they come for the money and they will come for the money, you're fucked. And I was like, yeah, I hope that, you know, you know, when they're all buying, they've stopped and buying properties in Canada now. They're not Canada. Uh, New Zealand, because a lot of these super rich were buying all the, yeah. it, you know, yeah. shit, it's the war. We're all going to be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, we can, you, you... we can fill the next, the rest of this talking about art if you want. But, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, no. I, this I, is good. I like, I like where we've been. I, I, you saw that here in the US for sure when they had the riots. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, they're fucking burning cop cars in fucking Beverly Hills. Oh. And there was, and at this point you're seeing that big flight of the wealthy that is, they're bailing on California at this point and they're going to like, you know, all these small little communities, uh, you know, for, for that reason, for safety reason, but also for tax reason too. There's all sorts of shit going yeah. on. So you just like, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the incredible divide of wealth, you know, and, it, and you're just seeing it and everybody is convinced, oh, yeah, yeah. at least here in the U S everybody thinks, everybody thinks that they're, uh, uh, a superstar. Everybody. It doesn't matter where you work yeah, or what yeah. level you're at. The empowerment that everybody has with their phone and the ability to post things. Everybody thinks that they're a fucking Kardashian, and they all want to be a Kardashian at this point. And so it's it's the ultimate brainwashing where you know you're out there spending fourteen hundred dollars on an iPhone and you don't have enough money for food that week and you can't pay your fucking rent. It's just like God, the. the we're so fucked up as far as like what our priorities are at this point. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how, uh, you know, I mean, America kind of, you were the first to fuck it up yeah, uh, yes. politically. <laughs> then we've followed. Uh, yeah. You've kind of got, well, yeah, I don't know what's really happening, America, but we followed and now we're really fucked. Uh, but now France is like trying to follow. And it's like, have you not learned from the mistakes of like America and Britain and where we are? And you want to go and follow because they're, electing almost i don't know they're nearly going to be electing some crackpot 
Yeah. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> but it looks so, so yeah, it's, but it looks so great, man. The Instagram filters, right? Everything looks fucking great. <laughs> it, we're all broke, but everything looks great. I mean, look how good I look in my bathing suit after I manipulated my body in Photoshop. Look how awesome uh, all of this equipment and gear is that I have. Meanwhile, it's all sponsored and I haven't paid for a piece of it. Like it's all lies, dude. And, and the, you're seeing the, the, the want that everybody has to be a Kardashian. <laughs> it really is that, dude. You know, it's nuts. It's so old now as well. I mean, how long has that Kardashian thing's been going on for? It's, oh my it's, god, dude! And the and the level of it. Uh, they just released. They just put out a new TV show. So like they're they're I back at. So. Oh yeah, they're back at it again. Yeah, I mean it's bad with with film as well now. As I said, America, Hollywood's become very. Uh, it's almost become Bollywood. Yeah. Yeah. With the depictions of reality yeah. and like men, uh, male male body dysmorphia in cinema now is really bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, there's no guy that isn't like ripped. Uh, and there was an English comedian who's fuck. He's in some. I can't remember what his bloody name is now. He's and he recently did some film, and I think he was like the comedy relief character. Yeah, and he has a scene where he's like in a towel or, or, or shorts or something coming out of a shower and, and he's all flabby and pink and I mean, he's not fat, but he's, obviously, you know, he's like every, normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like and me, his agent yeah. was like sitting in this, and his agent was trying to badger him into training. You know, you really need to work out if you want to. And he was like, no. And it was kind of a joke thing, but you think that's really, you know, that's kind of like telling an actress she needs to skinny down. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. really bad that, that you can't see a normal body, and he was kept in because it was comedy. But you can't depict a normal person's physique yeah. anymore. Yeah, uh, and I've kind of felt it at times. And I, I know I'm old enough now to not bother. And kids, I mean, it must really put pressure on kids. Oh, it's, dude, it's, it's sad that we it fucks with them hard, dude. It really does. I, it, yeah, I mean, I saw it happening with uh, what was his name? What was that fucking kid that? Was it Justin Bieber or yeah, yeah, Justin? And he Bieber. was coming in, and there were like pictures of him, and I saw, and they were trying to sell like makeup to, and I was like, and you could see them sort of undermining because they undermine your confidence. Yeah. It's like they've done it with women for years. You can't sell shit to somebody who's comfortable with who they are or where they are or or anything. So you have to make them insecure. You have to make them want more. Yeah. And yeah, now they're like, well, they started to do it. Men, they started to try and moisturize. It didn't work. And then they've pushed. And now the cosmetics for men and stuff. And it's, it's an avenue that, you know, we want to make more money out of. And it's sad. And it is, and I've, some films have ruined it. And it's like, uh, I mean, I posted on Facebook. It's like fucking, you know, I'm sick of seeing films where everyone looks just too ripped. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there was like the, the what was it the Daniel Craig film where he was like meant to be a family man. Oh yeah, it was a horror film, The House or something. And he came up and he took stuff on. He was completely stacked. He's like, when is he getting the time working nine <laughs> to five to spend that? And I was like, you know, the reality of the situation, they'd be constantly chugging Nutra and drinks, spending five hours of the film down the gym. Uh, again, I mean, uh, when they did. Amateurville, the Amateurville remake that was ruined by it, and it just takes you out of the reality. And someone's like, "Oh, didn't you remember? Didn't you watch films in the eighties? And it was like, "Yeah, we had." Oh, dude, you go like you go back and you watch no, you, uh, you go back watch Cary Grant in uh, in Hitchcock movies. I, I mean, I have a Cary Grant body right now, so like, <laughs> that's great. You, know, you see him, you, you used go, to have, right. you know, I mean, you had your and stuff, but they were kind of you know limited. But 
you know, you go back to the, like the the seventies actors and stuff. You know, I mean, the real like you Lee. We don't get anymore. We don't get like Lee Marvin's. We don't get Charles yeah. Bronson's. You'd never get that now. You know, a lot of those characters like Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson had a history. They could fucking kick your ass. Sure, yeah. And it's always like the the always sunny joke. It's like yeah, it's only show muscle now. It's just show muscle. <laughs> I'll make this quick. It's time to take a break. I want to show a little love to the sponsors of the show. And I know we have a two-hour running time interview here, so we'll get through it quick. First up, good friends over at Puget Systems. If you are in the editing world, if you're a graphic designer, if you're an illustrator and you need a new machine, you're getting that pinwheel of death on your old system, head on over to PugetSystems.com and check out the amazing PCs that they build. More importantly, and I'm hyper-focusing this on uh, places that do post-production. If you're an editing facility, if you're a sound facility, if you're doing 3D renderings, if you're doing Unreal uh, productions, you need beefy, reliable systems, custom built for your needs. Uh, Don't just think that you can just go pick up a Mac and you're gonna get everything you want from it. If you want a longer running system, if you want a PC that's custom made for you, if you want help building them, okay? It's not just you on your own doing your research. Uh, Puget Systems does benchmark tests all their hardware. They benchmark test the software and how that works with the hardware, and they figure out the best configurations for what it is that you're doing. It's a great company. Head on over to PugetSystems.com and see what it is that I'm talking about. Uh, Also supporting the show are our friends over at Jambox.io. I've said this since they became our sponsors. I have been using them on all of my recent projects and their music library has made my films and my commercials so much better. That is not an ad read. That is honesty. Head on over to jambox.io right now and just browse their music. Check it all out. Listen to what they got going on. And if this episode comes out before the end of April, any of their subscription programs, their music license costs, you can apply a promo code specifically made for In Love With The Process folks a promo code ILWP and get 20% off any of those really great subscription plans they have. And it's insane how affordable it is to get great music licensing for the show. I'm not going to go through what the plans are. You've heard me say it on a bunch of different episodes of this. Just head on over to Jambox right now and do me a favor. Sign up for a free trial. That's it. You can do a 30-day free trial with their creator. You can do a seven-day free trial Um, with the commercial plan. Use the uh, link in the description of this episode. Sign up for a free trial and just browse their library and tell me if you're inspired. Let me know what you think. There have been so many of you who've told me that you've signed up for Jambox. Just go check it out right now. All right? That's jambox.io. And as always, if you are listening to the show, you like the show, Maybe you're like, but this show is so fucking cynical. <laughs> this one's a cynical one. Head on over to inloveoftheprocess.com and choose a show that suits your liking. If you're someone that needs to have a reality created for you, then you can just go there and pick all the happy episodes. 
right? You can pick all the safe ones. Uh, they're all in there by selection. So if you want to listen to directors or chefs, if you want to listen to musicians, I've got it all laid out. It's a safe place at lovewiththeprocess.com. All right? So check that out. Okay, get ready. It's going to get pretty intense. We're going back into it. Everyone is going through a very difficult time yeah. financially now. Not everyone, no. That's, uh, your average working person is is going through a difficult time now. And yeah, it's and I from from my stuff that I do. And I mean, I, when I saw about you, the, you know, what your description of you of the, the show is, and you know about making a living, yes, yeah. stepping away from them, and it, that has affected a lot of that really. And as I said, this, this, and I feel so being a new dad now, I feel guilty mm. and it's a constant tug of war with what I'm doing. Uh, cause it doesn't fucking pay. Yeah. Uh, and I see so many people trying to get into this area now. And there's so many fucking people doing it and it's like, don't <laughs> cause it, 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 it doesn't. And it, it, it's a struggle so I feel guilty about, you know, I'm doing this, but I've got, you know, uh, it's also a big part of me and what I do and being able to do it with struggling with some mental stuff, it, 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 you know, it's, and it's like, I'm constantly battling with trying to, you know, should I be releasing it? What am I going to do if I don't do this now? Uh, Cause I've stepped away from design for 11 years now. Yeah. 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 And you're Commercial talking, design. you're talking about the illustration stuff specifically. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah doing yeah. the posters, the yeah. covers and, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm a real crooks thing. And a lot of what happened in the industry is, is like you were saying, people were, I mean, I had a good deal going with, uh, one company mm -hmm. and then somebody came in and I was like, I knew the person they'd left, not the person who came in, but the person I worked with, uh, and, and she'd left and went to another company and she was like, oh, someone, he, this guy just came in and literally offered to do it for nothing. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, who's going to fucking benefit from that at the end of the day? Yeah. you're not and the company's massive and it does seem to be the bigger the the bigger the studio the less they'll pay and then you've got like companies i mean i was do any people listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you know this will burn my bridges but i went so there's a company called and tell me how this is right and they get lots of likes on instagram uh -huh. and they're a, they're a uk collective i remember them setting up and it wasn't set up by people who were doing this. It was set up by someone who was in a big design agency. And it's called <laughs> got a big website, lots of artists go on it. And I was like, I should submit some stuff, but I'm you know, I do the work and I'm fucking terrible about that other side of things and promotion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally. uh and I was like, I should. So I looked at it doing it, and then I went on the website and it's like you have to pay a fee to submit an artwork oh, uh, for you. administrative purposes, it was. Or you uh, can subs you subscribe to us to give us money and we'll and it's like you're making money off yeah artists from and i know like good artists and are doing it through them but it's like you know you're you're in on instagram you're getting the likes most people do this for fucking free and that's just the point you're not even creating the art yeah 
Yeah. And then there's, you know, and it's that I've got really angry about. I was like, I'm not fuck. I don't care if I starve to death and I don't ever do this again. I'm not paying you to promote shit. Yeah. Well, and then you get collectives like, this is really going to fuck people over, but you get collectives like the don't, you know, they get big studios for, for Hollywood stuff coming up and and you know and they'll get go through them and they'll get like seven or eight poster artists to do shit and they do great posters but nobody gets fucking paid i mean they can argue then they'll have a gallery showing and they can sell print like the original or a print at this showing but no one's getting fucking paid in that deal maybe the people who are actually facilitating this are getting paid sure sure Uh, and then there's books you know but at the end of the day why is an art why the studio is going to go to an artist to get a poster done to put on social media if they can go to them and get a book like five fucking amazing artists to do it for free yeah nobody's winning in this equation yeah apart from you know and then there's like and then there's there's books that release i can't remember what they're called like drawn in no what's it fucking called and they've done like art books on like ghostbusters and everyone's celebrating about and i mean you know i mean there's the argument about yeah it's unknown artists getting the work out there but no artist in that book gets paid yeah no, it's bullshit. And it's like, if I said to you, I'm going to make an art book. Oh, are you, are you going to do it? No, no, I'm just going to get other artists to do it. Oh, well, how much are you going to pay them? I'm not going to pay them. They'll all give the art for free and then I'll sell it. And yeah. I know you've got to pay for the license and you can argue that, but I spoke to another artist like, that contacted me about it. I was like, but they're not going to pay anything. And he was like, I know it's ridiculous. And it's like, but people celebrate and they're like, I'm so happy to be in this book. And it's, I suppose you can argue that they're not known artists and it gives them a platform to be seen and their work published maybe, but I still think it's wrong uh, that the artists don't get paid. And we're so willing to give shit away for free and to try and make a living in this industry. Now it's fucking hard. And I'm always arguing for trying to get more you know money for what i do because i yeah i've literally i tried to explain to clients and you know you draw it down to brass tacks that you know i'll get you offering this it's going to take me this long to do it i'd get more paid at mcdonald's yeah everyone's for sort of minimum wage until you know you hire an artist for something yeah uh, yeah dude. and i've worked for some big companies it's been ridiculous what they've charged and it's like it's sad well, dude, but uh, you know what? I talk about this all the time because it isn't just your industry. It's our industry where most of the young folks that are coming into it, and I felt this way, they're dealing with uh, the imposter syndrome, right? So they come into it and they go, I don't know how much I should charge. I get ca- I get asked this all the time. Like, I don't think I should charge that much because I, I'm not that guy's level or I'm not as good as she is. And I don't know, like do I have the right to charge these things? And I feel like the there's a lot of business plans and business strategies that have been put together by a lot of these larger companies that prey on that. They know that most people are insecure. They know that a lot of artists um, really don't know how to set their own prices. And they're, you can say that that's what agents and management used to do and used to be responsible for. Um, was like the management of the funds and being able to like take an artist and and convince them that like, no, if you're going to go fucking do this, you should get paid for all that time. And we're going to make sure that you get paid for that time and be greedy on top of it and make sure that we get our 10% on top of all that stuff. But there's this, that has sort of been canceled at this point because you can reach directly out to the artists as, a, as someone from a company. And so- most places are hiring right off of Instagram at this point, and you'll get some uh, yeah. low-end internal creative director or, or 
or an assistant to a creative director write to you on Instagram and say, uh, we're a huge fan of your work. Um, would you be interested in like uh, submitting our stuff? We'll, we'll hit you up with some product. We'll hit you up with some free shit. And, you know, being that young, insecure artist, you're just like, holy fuck, this giant company reached out to me. They're interested in me being an influencer because it's all in their wording. So then that empowers you and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm a, I could be important and be some sort of influential person with this. Oh, shit, man. And so then you go through that process. You go through that like uh, uh, honeymoon stage, right? where you're getting free gear and you're getting uh, promotions and all that stuff. And then you're like, okay, well, I have to put together a business strategy. I have to put together a business plan because I'm so good at this. These larger companies want me to do this stuff. So I need to make money. I need to make sure that I can to live up to what they need from me. And then you go back to them and you go, okay, well, how about this time you pay me something for it? And they go, oh, no, 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 no. And then so that you you understand instantly that they 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 don't want to pay you for it at all. So that at that point, how can you have a business plan? How can you have a strategy when you've just given the place that is supposed to pay for it, the place that can afford to pay for your work, it for free, yeah, yeah. it for free. Like how do you how do you recover uh, from? I mean, that? I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I, I suffer from it, like the imposter thing, and I've been doing it for eleven years, and I still don't know like the rates and i'm still like you're charging too much should you be charging more is the other guy charging more i mean what's because nobody really discussed particularly in art it's a very uh caged off thing like you don't declare uh and although somebody i worked with a director a while back and he went on fangoria years ago and just basically declared all my rates in the fucking article <laughs> that's good <laughs> uh, no it wasn't it was really fucking i was like fuck oh he told uh, your rates i thought he meant he told yeah, his yeah. rates. no he told my rates and oh, i was like fuck. Oh, yeah. well i mean you can, still, you can still change it i just did dealt with this uh recently mind you, it was so long ago it's all you know that's that's mind you then he blocked me from work so i couldn't do his fucking poster <laughs> he went oh, around yeah. badmouthing me and that cost me yeah that uh, sucks dude because i didn't sucks. do it's crazy you know the politics and that's the other side of things i mean i swear, you know i've been doing more stuff cult sort of film stuff again for like Pacific labels. Yep. And the, the sort of, and I thought I've been sort of cooking along nicely. And the thing I'm trying to deal with now lately is like, apparently there's a lot of hate about what I do. And there's some of the, the toxic fandom started to seep through. Really? Uh, really? And it's, yeah. And I've been, you know, hearing that, on a couple of things it's like I always work it's quite divisive and you people a lot of people hate it someone was doing like a and they podcast releases and they saw my art on it and they were like yeah it's great and they were like yeah i love it yeah and the guy was just like the host of it, it was like yeah he gets a lot of a lot of people hate it and i was like what why yeah so yeah i'm getting that now and there's somebody run on a real vehemently uh, thing on one of the the like groups the, the fan groups on facebook well, i hate this guy's work wish they wouldn't use him for real you know and it's like it, it does i was cooking along thinking i was doing kind of oh yeah but fuck that shit man like seriously yeah, no, but obviously there's obviously enough out there that it's part i'm like but what is even polarizing about what i'm doing and you kind of rack your brain and you think well mate and the, one of them was like one of the criticism which was fucking crazy was like, oh i guess he likes that awful airbrush 80s stuff and I was wow. like, fuck, eight, 
that's not really an insult because that you know that airbrush is a fucking immense talent yeah yeah Uh, yeah. plus my stuff i mean the stuff i worry about on my stuff is that it's not refined enough and i do that stuff and i've you know had that going through my head constantly when you're working on that you're like you shit this isn't refined you know you're never going to get hired which i'm never going to get fucking hired by but you know you're never going to get hired to doing a fucking avengers movie because the actors won't look good enough this is uh, and then someone's like oh it looks too fucking airbrushed uh <laughs> but obviously then i mean then they're looking at a fucking image which i'm doing at a certain scale it's being reduced down to a scale and then it's being photographed on a cover and put on a website and they're seeing that on a phone yeah so yeah you know the detail of it's all just just and so yes yeah, so yeah but, but it's, it's weird but dealing with hate on on work is an interesting sure and then part of you and i don't think i don't get fucking paid enough for this <laughs> but, but you know. I, I mean you also have to wonder if a lot of that hate comes from like fellow artists that are also dealing with the stress and drama of not being able to work and then they look at your stuff and they go wow this guy did the cover from color out of space this guy did the cover for this he must be making all sorts of fucking cash why are they hiring him and not hiring me my work's better than this it's just that toxic fucking world of people yeah, that but I'd, I'd argue that but i think the same the people seem to do it just like the buyers you know the purchaser the consumer if you will oh. uh and so that's you know uh and i mean a lot of my i mean my career i think it, it, it suffered at the start because i had that and so this is all relevant to what we were talking about that working class mentality sure where you know if someone's going to pay me for a project i'm going to fucking take it uh i and, and i was i was complained about this talking about this to a mate a while back and he's like yeah you know because he does comic book stuff and he's like you can be the greatest artist in the world if you don't have to worry about getting paid yeah <laughs> uh so i did a lot of uh when my sort of career was like sort of really taken off, I was doing a lot of independent films that was, some of it was just awful. I mean, I've done posters for film that you're never going to see. And even if you did see, you'd probably regret seeing it afterwards. Uh, and someone was saying, I was like, why am I not getting, you know, I wasn't picked up for the bigger jobs then. And midway through this, so like, you know, how many years in? And then I, one of the guys who used to run a movie website was like, well, you heard talk of saying, you know, great poster shit film. So I may have got like pigeonholed or tarred with that. Then there was the independent fallout, like I mentioned from a director that I couldn't do his poster on. I was faced with either doing his independent film poster or uh, a Fox job at the time. So I took the fucking Fox job. Of course. He got really pissed off like that and was like bad mouthing me to like, yeah. and unfortunately he got really big on the independent scale and he's a right Hitler. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so that really hurt me. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, so as you mentioned, you know, like working as an artist, trying to deal with creativity and every job that comes in, you're like, you know, and the pressure that you put on yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. immense. Uh, and then you got all the voices in your back of your head saying it's shit, you know, and then you get stuff put out there and then you get the hate. And then you're like, fuck. And then you're dealing with the money thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and then I've got the, you know, the extra family pressure responsibilities now. So I'm ready to just fucking snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you still, it's luckily that we don't have guns in the UK. Yeah. Do you still like to draw though? Are you still, do you still enjoy it or, or are all these stresses really sort of tampering that down? Uh, I wouldn't even say it's a case of like, drawing it's it's 
I mean, a lot of the stuff I do, you kind of like trying to quantify why, you know, you're trying to, I don't know. I, get, I mean, it's a weird, uh, when I'm sort of starting a job, Yeah, you know, you, I get very, uh, you, mind you, I think I've always suffered that, but I get very just petrified at the start and I'm always like, yeah. is this the one I'm not going to do? It's I do kind of better work on throwaway stuff in a way I think because there's a lot more you know there's not the pressure of this or that yeah it's the pressure yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and you kind of think you know, I want to pray you know and I made a joke about it and I think there was a, another lyric from a song I was I, I can't remember the name of the band and they said you know I want to write the lyrics that unify the world and make Palestine and Israel come together. And, <laughs> and it's, and it's a joke, but it's true. You know, you do when you're doing this work and you got to really, I mean, that's what makes even maybe that's something that missing a lot of the B movies, but when they bought the director on stage, when they were showing troll two and everyone was laughing and he didn't kind of get it apparently when at the start, cause he genuinely, Loved it. And I think that's the point. If you ever like a B movie actor or making like a bad, then this is what's lost to thinking a lot of new horror. You've got to believe it's the fucking best thing in the world that you're doing, or you're going to, that's why Italians used to make such great films because they had that passion. Yeah. And you have to believe that. Uh, And I I mean, I constantly come down to that, the scene from uh, Bronson, and he's talking. He's had the. He has the fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and he beats that the guy up and then pisses on him. And he's like, he meets the manager guy outside, and he's like, like five quid. He goes, I gave you fucking magic out there. <laughs> and he goes, darling, you've just pissed on a tramp in the middle of a field. It's, you know. <laughs> and I always come down to that. You know, like I, I do think that in my head every time I'm doing something. I'm like, I fucking gave you magic out there. <laughs> And it's like, it's a B movie. It's hardly going to, (laughs) but you know what though? That's not true because all those B movies, all that, that trash stuff, quote unquote, trash stuff has now become so cult and now become revered. And then you're, you're watching these movies with these B actors that a whole generation loved of kids that now like look at Tarantino or Rob Zombie or anybody else that is bringing in, these actors that they grew up loving and infatuated with in a lot of like trashy titles and giving them the opportunity to do something really great, you know, Robert Carradine, yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, all those people. But then we're also, it's also a generational thing though. And I mean, that's part of the work thing. I mean, that's also rattled around my head, but like the hate that I started to get on the, the forum. And I did look up the guy who was like doing it and he was like quite a young bloke. And I was like, mate, there's maybe it's a cultural thing as well. Yeah. Cause the stuff I'm doing is very, and I mean, the irony of is what you're saying about shit is it's, it's awful stuff. A lot of the stuff uh, that what I was trying to do with that particular piece was very much capture this uh, Rento Casaro style, who was a Italian. Italians used to do all the best shit, man. Yeah. Italian poster artist who was amazing. Uh, but again, so th- that's very European yeah. cover art of mid 80s, early mid 80s stuff. And the guy probably who was doing it is a younger guy probably coming up, wasn't probably exposed that American video covers didn't have yes. his work on it. Yes. Didn't probably see it, wasn't exposed to it. So maybe there's that that sort of wasn't kind of missing the point of what I was trying to sort of do with it. 
Yeah. Uh, also, I was trying to overly ham it up because it, the film was uh, Miami Connection. So uh. I wanted to go completely over the top with it, make you know, make everybody look almost perfect. And they're not the like the most prettiest actors in that film. Uh, <laughs> so I was really trying to over Glenn do this whole thing. And it was like, it was a take or maybe I fucking think too deeply on this shit. <laughs> well, dude, but there's nothing wrong. I mean, look, that's but, what, yeah. You know, that's what I was trying to do. That was the point. And there is depth to what I, I do. I mean, yeah. this, I go, yeah, I mean, I mean, so who are you trying to convince? Are you trying to convince me or you? Because I know there's depth. I see your work. I'm just trying to I listening. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's uh, depth. I mean, like so it, I work very much in that art yeah. avenue, and that's what was right. You asked at the start what got me into posters, and it is, you know, I could argue that there's a school of art of what is film cover art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I try and. I don't know it's not stick to really but that's what I try and bring about that's what I try and create that's what I loved as a kid that's what inspired me that's what I had awe of uh so I'm always kind of chasing that you know I'm like fucking Oasis and the Beatles basically sure 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 uh so I'm always trying to capture that essence of it and you know this was the art that we hung on our walls as a kid yes. so you know yes. it was, it, 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 it was on a I did a talk on a film group the other week and i was trying to say you know it's quite and it is kind of a working class art in a way that the kids had on their walls you know i mean if you go back to like fine art i mean even like portraits that were commissioned they they, they, i mean basically when you get down to it it was just advertising you were commissioned by uh not kings, well, yeah, kings or, or lords, yeah, to create pictures of them looking thing that they then had on their walls. That then, when they had parties, people would see and it would advertise them. Basically, it was a film, you know, it was a poster, it was an yeah. advertisement, it was, you know, it's true, that's I very true. Always low as selfie, but you know, it was that. So, that's that is, and there was an interesting art program, uh, that they were doing. I can't remember on the artist who did like the girl with the pearl at earring and stuff in 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 amsterdam hmm. and uh yeah i think the pictures in amsterdam or somewhere around there and uh they had the the uh creator there it was really interesting what he said about it and they were talking about you know the artist side of how was he feeling what's he trying to express with that and he said we've it's only a recent thing we've started to do with art now that we put an emphasis on what the artists mm. motives were behind this and that they said up until a certain point it wasn't it was just seen as a picture of the woman mm-hmm. with a pearl earring we've now only started to right you know do what what was the artist trying to express what was his thoughts uh because so, yeah because it was commercial in a sense he was commissioned or was they his mistress or no he was painting someone else's mistress wasn't he mm. can't remember uh but yeah, so it's, you know, it, and yeah, basically it's, it's an interesting with art that, yeah, and I'll, I'll, you know, it is fascinating. It is fascinating when you think about, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's what it always has been is like glorification of reality to a certain hmm. extent, you know, and fixing it like, 
and even as a photographer for years, like that would be my 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 route. It was always like I'm obsessed. I have to be obsessed with something about my subjects, and that obsession leads to what I found to be the best stuff that I did, or what I felt was the best stuff that I did. And even now in films and everything else, like you're you're trying to sort of find that obsession thing, that thing that you're glorifying, that thing that you're making larger than life, that thing that is worth shooting and, and creating on that screen. It's wild, man. It's wild. You don't really think about all those perspectives. That, and I feel like a lot of that stuff may, um, the, the reality is, is that a lot of this stuff is just very much cheap. And like the visual medium, we're so exposed to photos and we're so ex exposed to this stuff, like almost every 10 minutes of of the day you know what i mean like you can't oh, yeah. you can't walk around without seeing like an advertisement you can't walk around without seeing a photograph or art or it's just so overly saturated to the point and almost devalued uh, at least financially it's been devalued to a certain point so it's i mean I, there's another interesting thing i mean i well what i do being digital it doesn't have value in I mean, I've got thrown out of <laughs> uh, original movie collectors, original movie art groups <laughs> on like Facebook because I tried to put something up and it wasn't, it was digital. So they said it's got no merit. Yeah. Uh, and that was like, so, and it's kind of fucked to say that because then, you know well forget every fucking piece of music that's been sure put out there for the past how many fucking years there is a thing with art that they were being digital it doesn't have the merit and we're still very snobby about that well, uh yeah now and now you're crossing into the whole nft territory and everything that that's going on with that well yeah. that's i mean that's yeah i mean i've I'd, and it's a, the other crazy thing about nft is, is the amount of hate from other artists uh about it and i'm like i don't really understand why you'd hate it because if you're an artist and you can make good money and it's an avenue for money for art why i don't really understand it i've tried to get into it and yeah got confused <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i like i have a lot of friends that are like deep into it i've always been very timid with this sort of thing because whenever you try to do the research on it it starts to feel like if you listen to podcasts out there about NFTs or if you're listening to like instructions about NFTs, it starts to feel very like pyramid schemey. It just I feels mean, yeah, I mean, there's the, obviously the annoyance of the people who have got too much money. Yes. And they can sort of splash this about. Uh, and then, I mean, I kind of thought I had a handle on it and I thought it was like a good avenue to start selling like original digital art in a way that's because i mean if you try and put stuff through a gallery a gallery will take something like 70 percent, something fucking crazy man yeah yeah and you get 20 percent because i was going to try through one of the galleries and then they said oh yeah well, that's what they do for a commission i was like well i can get more doing a blu-ray cover so why yeah yeah or selling them why? yourself you know what i mean <laughs> like, well yeah i mean that's i mean i've tried to do it with like t-shirts and stuff and i thought i created some fucking great t-shirts and i came up with a really good cool concept for them and i'm like if that shit was in urban outfitters i don't know if you have that it would have sold but uh, uh it's difficult to get above the noise and maybe you have to sink a lot of money into it to like advertising and 
yeah, uh, yeah. Because like I mean, we, I mean, it's getting that's getting harder as well. Because I mean, there was a great cartoon that somebody did a while back, and it was like four panels, and the first panel was like an artist saying, "Come over, look at my work," you know, and it was already building, and it was like website. I've created this website; you can see all my work, and everyone was going to his building to see his work. And then there was this Facebook. He's like, "Well, don't worry about that. Come over to Facebook, and you can see it all in here." And then it was like Facebook started to block you and charge you for getting people to see it. <laughs> And that's a real big problem now yes. because yes. they've monetized. And, but then why should an artist pay the same as Coke to try and get access? So the, the the internet has largely become Facebook now. People don't really surf the web. They just go on social media. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing because they now control the access and they've monetized it and you don't. And I, I, that, I mean, I started out in the days when it was a lot, a lot of blog spots and they were great. And people were going on then, and that really accessed, allowed people to access and get messages out. Yeah. And I kind of miss those days in a way. And you'd find like people had created Blogspot with a collection of weird random art that they'd find. <laughs> and I know you can find it now through uh, like Pinterest, is it? But it's just so much noise. It is a lot of noise. Uh, and, and then most people aren't. Um, while we're talking, I'm actually looking at your apparel on your website. You got a lot of really cool t-shirts up here. Um, but, um, yeah, no, a lot of folks don't even look at the, the, the website. I mean, I'll call out all my listeners right now. I've seen the stats. You guys don't go to my website. <laughs> like you guys, <laughs> you guys go through Instagram and you guys go through subscription services. That's really it. So, um, it's tough. And, and then when you're trying to advertise stuff through Instagram, those motherfuckers, though, the, the algorithm stuff where it's like, I've got almost, what is it? I've got almost 50,000 people following me. And when I do mm. a post, maybe it goes out to like 1,500. And On it's, Instagram. Yeah. And I'm like, why does it not go out no. to everybody? Why does it not go out to I didn't know Instagram to- was just bad at that. Oh, I know my, Facebook the, was bad the, It's the worst with that, man, where it's just like, oh, oh well, no. It depends on how many people liked your images and whether or not we're going to send it to all you folks. I'm like, no, 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 fuck you. Send it to every one of the people that want to see my stuff. Stop blocking it because then – I have to do more posts and I have to like yeah. flood the, the marketplace with posts. And then people go like, uh, the ones that are following all the time are like, wow, you posted a lot, dude. I'm like, yeah, it's not for you, dude. It's for, I have to try to get this back to the cheap seats because, uh, the, the fucking, the, the, they're literally not letting me broadcast that far. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's because it does seem to be coming more of a, uh, more narrow, yes. narrow, narrowing down of how do I actually get, my yes. message out there how do i promote it uh i'm terrible instagram i'm really low on the and it's fucking it's bad when you look up like another artist who's just done bits and bobs and you're like what the fuck he's got how many and he gets how many fucking <laughs> and i'm you know Dude, i mean i topped nuts. out at about i don't know was it 500 likes for a post which is crazy you spend like a month doing a piece and then you put it out there and it gets like 500 likes over a period of like 24 hours and then it's gone well but let me let you in on and a little thing that's a fucking month's work just do like that but also let me let you in on the game because i've been told this by a bunch of people that know the behind the scenes of this shit um look and see how many people it actually went to you got 500 likes. It doesn't mean that your piece is shit or that it isn't interesting enough. It's just whether or not Instagram thought it was worth going out to different people. And now the new thing that I'm hearing about Instagram is that unless – if you're not doing their reels post, then they're not promoting your shit at all. So like if you're putting, really. if you're putting videos up normally, they want to compete with TikTok. So they want their yeah, yeah, reels yeah. to be hot right now. So they're rewarding people that post 
videos and stuff in their reels more than they are for regular posts. They're actually downgrading your your access with regular posts, which pisses me the fuck off. So That's crazy. Yeah, dude. At the end of the day, we have to remember that what we're doing is we're supplying a big app company with content for free. Yeah. That's what we're all doing. Dude. Uh, Dude. You, you sort of, I mean, this, I say Facebook I still use, but I'm very conscious no. that Facebook's kind of, a, Face- kind of a smaller circle. No, dude. Facebook is just really for your family or your friends and the people that already know you. It is Instagram. And no matter what, like I know creative directors from huge places that just hire specifically off Instagram. And so mm. it's all Instagram, dude right now yeah i did say i don't really i don't know and then you say oh, we've got how many likes people say oh they can buy likes oh yeah well the, here's the uh, here's the interesting new thing while i tangent on this the other thing now is that companies have smartened up to that so the the new things oh. with companies are they'd rather see a smaller a smaller cluster of followers that really interact with you if you have like five thousand solid followers that are interacting consistently you're worth more than someone that has, you know, 22 million. And uh, the only posts underneath it are, are bot posts. So uh, they really are smartening up to that. You don't have to be in the millions at this point for that kind of thing. And it's awkward because I say, I mean, I, like I joke about when I say a t-shirt's really fucking good. I know I can say that because they They're great. I love that. that much. But I'm not good at doing that whole, this is fucking great. Look at this. I'm fucking. And then when people post, when people respond and say, oh, this is amazing stuff, I feel very uncomfortable and I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> it's that social it's like, awkwardness that you get going there, man. What am I supposed to say when someone's like, oh, you know, and I, I feel, yeah, I feel really, again, I suppose that, you know, it's about imposter syndrome, but I do feel really awkward. So then I'm like, it comes across as rude because I don't respond when people give kind compliments because uh, you know and then i'm just dealing with day-to-day shit so it, it's it's hard dude you got great stuff on it. i've seen i've seen pop-up stores here in los angeles that are super trashy that are selling stuff that looks like your stuff for like i don't know a thousand dollars for a fucking t-shirt and so you, i mean you definitely are on the right design I think it's a fun concept you're talking yeah. about i did uh, i did a range of uh vhs staff tees i was like what would be cool there was i mean they're a couple of years old now i think uh and i was like i'd like to have a t-shirt that's a video store and i took like old video stores and i kind of reimagined some that they they're all existing stores basically yeah so I then reimagined the logos on some i reworked it and i just thought it was a fun concept dude I, way. I, I, I did a really fun video cheesy like vhs video advertisement uh yeah so it was a fun concept dude and I, then i did that range of uh i i want one sorry. i'm looking at it right now <laughs> the video star staff premium tea on uh yeah, the- it was back up front that was why yeah. it's premium then the the low budget ones just the front but yeah and then like some i got like the closing hours on i thought that'd be really cool and i thought it was, you know i think it's, it's and then i did like one that was uh i did like kung fu yep. t-shirt so i did a ninja a karate and uh kung the- fu I think for those listening, go to the dudedesigns.com and check it out. Um, but yeah, no, the shirts are fucking great, dude. So, and, and listen, and I did do one of the, sorry, the one, the Kung Fu ones. And I got, I actually, 
because I can't even afford to buy the fucking samples. Uh, but I bought like a, the, the Ninja banner and it's huge. It looks fucking awesome. Not been able to hang it up anywhere because it's so big, but to see the work like that, it's cool. It is. Yeah, so yeah, cool. they're all kind of concept based stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But they're great, dude. I think they're really great. And this stuff sells. So I will help you by marketing it right now. <laughs> so my entire audience loves this kind of shit. Like I said, head on over to the dudedesigns.com and look at the stuff that we're talking about and uh, see if there's a shirt there that, that fits your needs. Like there's a few that I like on here that are pretty rad. The um, web store, the web store might have issues at times. I've again, technically don't, don't ruin, don't ruin the plug. <laughs> Well, no, but if you go on the website and you have problems with the store, uh, keep going. It should eventually work. Yes. Okay. I love that instantly. <laughs> Just go there and try to buy a shirt, everybody. <laughs> or print. Prints. Prints. Yes. The prints are cool too. Um, well, look, man, I we have to wrap this up. We've been going for, yeah, for quite long enough. Uh, this has been fun, dude. Destroyed my career. Destroyed my career. No. No, there's no destruction. I think what has been useful about this is that we're being honest. I mean, we're just being honest about it. And if it's the, a struggle, it, I mean, this is the thing, and not particularly now, I say with the financial yeah, situation, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a, it, yeah, it's that. And I suppose everyone's going through it, and it's going to be worse. And there was, I seem to remember, this is going well, but I emailed Drew Struzan about something uh when i started out and he came back and i think he's a lot happier now because he's still kind of under like a mm -hmm. re rebirth whatever but he was like uh you know it's the sign of a dying culture and art's the first thing to go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh you know and it's like matters of expediency mm -hmm. and i think you know and that that when we start to and particularly what they want in the UK, I think they want to turn everyone into fucking accountants and bankers. And when you do that society, yeah, I mean, that was the thing during the COVID, uh, the, the, the chancellor is the biggest. Yeah. It turns out not even paying tax himself. Uh, <laughs> it said, Oh, you know, artists need to retrain. And it's like, if, you, if we start to lose art mm -hmm. as a society or it becomes so exclusive, that we're not getting everyone's voice out there. It's, you know, it's society's life. The bees go, you know, yeah. nature yeah. passes away. So yeah, it's, it's what gives us a spark. It's what it does give people hope. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Art. Yeah. And yeah. passion. Yeah. You yeah. Know, on all forms from fucking, you know, music and everything. I mean, that's, yeah. You know, Oh, well, thank God for it. I mean, and so many of us have been raised by it. So many of us have been raised by television. So many of us have been raised by these movies. And how many people come from broken families or, or single parents and they they come home and b were popping in VHS tapes and that was their babysitter for years. Oh, yeah. and, and so, I mean, there's a Luden Wainwright's song about, you know, movies have always been a mother to me. Yeah. yeah and yeah. It, it's been a coping mechanism, you know. I mean, it's, it's movies and music and whatnot seen as, you know, I can, you know, see me through. Yeah. And it, dark periods. Well, and then you just at the end of the day, you're just trying to figure out how to do. And I'm, I'm happy we talked this way on the show. Um, it's, it's just about trying to figure out how to do the thing that you love so much and then make enough money to survive and, and if, and, and make enough money just to be able to continue to do the thing that you want to do so much. And I, I think that a lot of folks aren't thinking that way. It's always like, I, I, I want to make billions or I want to 
make the cash that makes all the cash in the world. And you start to have these people that are like uh, making generational wealth. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, like the, at the end of the day, how much money do you physically need to survive? How much money mm. do you need to be happy? And you'd be surprised at how little that actually is. Um, and so it can be done. And these larger companies and these larger places can afford to pay you for your time. So if there's a lesson to get out of this episode, stop doing your shit for free. And if you go to somebody, <laughs> and I'll tell you from personal experience, if you go to somebody and you tell them that this costs something and they go, well, we're not going to be able to do that, they're going to go through hell. They're going to go through shit. And I've seen this with music videos where they have high expectations. They want that person that's doing it for free, that promises to do it for free, to do it the same level that you do it, that you're charging for. And they can't pull it oh, off. Yeah. They can't. And also, I mean, I think a director's friend said to me a while back when I was working with someone, he's like, you know, any rate that you go in with a start will always be the rate that you will get. 100%. They're never going to turn around and give you more because you've always, you've said you do it that. So you make a rod for your own back. And even if you do make a bit of a break doing it for nothing, you, you, it's not, where's it going to, you know, who's benefiting? Where's it going to lead? Dude, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, like I, I'm not going to say any names. I'm not going to ruin anything, but I have had multiple clients over the years that have come to me with lists of their scrappy artists and they call them literally their scrappy artists and that's what they do. Sure. And that list is there. And those people that decided to give them free art or free work, thinking that they're going to establish a relationship, thinking that they're going to be in a long-term thing with these folks, they get put on a list that says, we'll do for cheap. Some of these some of these lists are like very hungry, we'll do extras, and you're on that fucking list. And you're always on that list with whoever that client is. Always. And you have to remember that. And when you get first, I keep set telling people, artists or directors, if you got to try things out and you got to do some work, you got to prove your shit, go to startups. Go to your friend's coffee shop. Go to a spot where you know that they're not making a lot of money. Go to a place that there's value in you doing their, their work for free and, and make a deal with them and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to come in here and do something for your small company to prove it. I'm going to put a lot of effort into this thing. You cannot tell anybody how much it costs. You cannot tell anybody the process that it went through to do this. And that will help me. And then you're going to get something of higher quality than you could ever fucking afford. Do it for those people. Don't go do it for fucking Starbucks. I see these kids do uh, posts online where they're showing off their skills on like making uh, advertisements. So they'll do like, uh, this is me shooting in my bedroom, this amazing bottle of beer. And they'll do it for fucking Bud Light. And they'll sit in the room and they'll do this huge beer fucking thing. And you're just like, asshole, you just gave Bud Light an advertisement through that entire <laughs> thing for fucking free. For free. You just did that for free. Go to your friends that brew a beer in their basement and they print out labels and do it for them. Don't do it for the big also, boys. I mean, I, I mean, I go as far as saying like from an art thing, it's also about do what gave you a buzz. Yeah. In the sense of artistically, don't do, don't try and do what I'm doing or do what the other guy's doing. Cause that's, you know, it, the, it's like when I kind of got into this, I was in London, 
I was there was like artists. Obviously, Banksy, everyone knows his thing was stencils. There was another artist who was doing like real miniatures stuff, mm-hmm. and I was always like, "What's what's your thing? What's what was it that inspired you?" And that's when I kind of got onto the video cover thing. So I mean, kids growing up, and or new designers and new artists coming up, it was like, well, you know, whatever that thing was that you can reinvent mm-hmm. that inspired you to begin with, that's going to be completely off the wall that people won't be exposed to. And then suddenly they're like, and it's going to get harder now because the amount of noise, but then you're, ex- you're bringing something out, you're exposing something that the people aren't as, and they'll be like, fuck. Yeah. You know, I remember that or that I've didn't see it that way. That's presenting something that's fresh and new. And it, you know, it's about your, your passion of. Yes. Visually. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. You know what, you know uh, what cuts through the noise though? You know what cuts through the noise? Passion. Passion cuts through the fucking noise. And it may take a little while, but passion is like the vinegar to oil. So like if you're incredibly passionate about your shit and you're talking passionately about your stuff and you can find the confidence, you could, everybody's, uh, the, you, there's nothing wrong with being insecure about your work and your level of work, but do that on your own time. If you're out and about and you're doing shit, just be passionate about it. You don't have to say that you're the best, but you can say, I fucking love doing this. If you say to anybody that you fucking love doing something, that person wishes that they love doing something. So they're going to be interested in whatever the fuck it is that you're doing. So passion <laughs> will cut through it. And you could disagree with me on that, but I, no, I, no, I mean, attention, I'd say, you know, also attention to deal and craftsmanship. Yes, of course. Craftsmanships, I think something that's, it's re- I mean, I mean, and I'm kind of flipped between what do I do? Is it like an artist thing, or is it more of a craftsman? Craftsmanship is very underrated, and it's also difficult to do something that's craftsmanship in a period and an industry that's very quick, 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 quick. Yeah. So you know, you don't get the time to file down that perfect, which is what I try and do. And then you're kind of arguing, I need the budget to make this rounded and and take the time i'm thinking about making a violin in my head you know and it's like yeah to get and it's hard to to do that in such a speedy i mean i always battle with that speed 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 oh it must be miserable for you Uh, because because of the detail and the time that it takes to do the detail. yeah so you're battling with that and and so yeah attention to detail craftsmanship i think that and i think you know if artists do and are critical of other people's work it's usually looking at the fine details and you're like well that's yeah you know yeah so i think that's something that shines through yeah yeah when you've got that that fine in whatever you know whatever method you use whatever it doesn't the, i mean talk about the you know the name of your thing the process yeah people get hung up a lot on 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 the process but I don't think how things are sort of necessarily made. It's what's made, mm-hmm. if that kind of makes sense. It does. You know? it's, I mean, what's in front of the camera? What are you shooting? What are you making? How are you making it? It totally makes People can get sense. hold up on on technical, like, yeah. I mean, I'm going, okay, you know, mention technical, then I'm talking about process stuff. But sure. Yeah, if it kind of makes any sense, if you, if you, you know, whatever gets you through the night. As John Lennon saying, yeah. it was it, whatever gets you. The, you know, it, it's like I say, it is passion, passion, tension, and, and again, I have the attention to detail can only be brought about through passion. Yep, yep. 
I think. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, and maybe it comes down to, you know, somebody rushing something because they're trying to do it for nothing. Sure. Sure. Uh, and I've done it in the past and I've done, you know, a couple of stuff from like, Ugh. dude, I do it all the time. And it's like, when do you say fuck it? <laughs> yeah. dude. And been like good enough. I and do you're it. Constantly battling with that. I do it all the time. And the thing that drives me crazy is that when I do spend the time to do like this, the minute details, they're usually just sort of glazed over where folks are just like, whatever, man, the last piece I like better. I'm like, you like the fucking last piece that I, I look at all the time and energy that I put into this thing. But there hits this point where you're doing it for yourself. And if you're doing it for yourself and you're making stuff that you really like, then eventually the audience will catch up to it. I, I, I always say that like the move to do when you're trying to change your style or adjust your style is you have to do some free passionate projects on your own. And then it takes a good three years <laughs> before the clients catch up to it and they go, hey, that new thing that you just did, that's really great. You go, I shot that fucking thing three years ago. Catch up with it, man. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what we want to buy now. And you go, oh, got it. So it's this slow, it's like it's like bringing the pigs to the trough. You know what I mean? It's this slow yeah, yeah, process yeah. of trying to catch them up to your work. I've, yeah, because I've, I've, I did a few pieces recently for a company that were a lot more loose and i came across this uh other artist oh fuck i can't remember his bloody name now that i absolutely adored because his stuff was very and i've mentioned it in one of the posts i talk about and i kind of did it a bit in that job but it's some of the others haven't been released yet uh sandro smoney i don't know yeah uh he's an italian Again, uh, <laughs> but his stuff is not early fifties, but it's very chunky. It's very organic. It's very loose. Cool. It's very coarse. And I was like that. Then that I really was fat because I was getting so sort of tight with a lot of the stuff that I was doing. This was like showing a completely different area. It's like, I love how a couple of brush marks yeah. can sort of make a face. Uh, and I did it. And the client was like, well, you know, are you doing this rough stuff? And I was a bit worried that the client thought that I was, uh, you know giving them a lesser thing or not being attention to detail but it's not i was like this is a different thing this is and they've kind of wanted me to go more back to the polish thing which is you know more time more budget but yeah yeah so it's a similar thing where uh and i'll be interested when the sort of bits get released if people will be like yeah or just kind of throw away or don't get it you know yeah uh, but and that's 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 the curse of being an artist right is that you make this stuff in a bubble and you you sort of come up with this idea and you you process it and you have your moment. And that's what the show's about, is being in love with your moment, being in love with everything that you go and you put into that thing. And then you put it out into the fucking world. And as soon as it goes out there, it's completely beyond, beyond your fucking control because like some asshole may look at your work and be like, you know, last time I saw the color red was when my dad beat me. So I hate the color red. And you're just <laughs> like, well, shit, I didn't know that when I painted this thing. So like it's... You know, oh, yeah, I had that on. Somebody slagged me off for using the color purple. And I was like, it's fucking magenta for a start. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the right color, man. <laughs> uh, it's a weird world, man. But look, we, I got to wrap this up. It's, this has yeah, been, yeah, yeah. This oh, has been wonderful. This has been wonderful, Tom. Um, and uh, it's been fun to just get on here and talk some real shit. And, and uh, Yeah, to finally speak after all these years. Yeah, dude, to finally talk after, you know, apparently knowing each other for like 11 years. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. 
Um, well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you for you know, allowing me to hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you made it. Two hours, we're in. We got here. Um, hope you guys liked it. Like, uh, I know there was a lot of hard truths in here. I know there were moments in which uh, it just seemed, uh, I don't want to say depressing, but it just seemed tough, right? And look, this is this is it, man. Let me sort of sum it up, okay? This is the job. You decide that you're going to do something that isn't the normal path. You're going to decide to do something that you just don't go and take a time card and punch in and out. And I hate to say it, those jobs are disappearing so rapidly at this point. Everybody's a freelancer. Everybody is out there working for themselves, whether you're driving for Lyft or Uber and you get fucked on that deal, or... <laughs> Or if you're just a, a freelance consultant, or maybe you were convinced by a corporation not to be full-time so that they don't have to pay benefits or any of that other stuff, and you're acting as a freelance person as well, you're going to be confronted with the main theme I think that this show conveyed, which, which is dealing with insecurity, dealing once again with that imposter syndrome, and then understanding that desperation usually equals bad choices usually equals bad choices like when you're desperate and in dire need you can oftentimes make pretty destructive decisions for the future of your career or how you're seen by a specific client right so i think the the the, the bitching that we were doing on this show circles around that and what happens is is that we fall we fell victim to doing it already the same way that you may have just fallen victim to giving a corporation work for free we've already done it we've gone through it it's been four or five years sometimes 10 years since we've done it we've seen the results of it we've seen how people are cataloged based upon what their worth their their uh imagined worth is that's not the right word perceived worth there it is perceived worth it okay um it's an interesting thing and you can hear it with tom and as i tried to as i <laughs> badly attempted to guide this episode um tom really wanted to talk about this stuff it was what was coming naturally to him um and you know i know he was worried about mentioning certain people in certain companies I don't think it's going to hurt you. What do I know? But it's not going to hurt your business, man. I think at the end of the day, it's important that we all hear about this stuff, that we all understand that it's so easy, so simple to be preyed upon by a larger company. And at the end of the day, it sometimes just feels like it's greed, right? Don't you feel that way? And I've heard people say things to me like, why would I pay you that when we know that you're going to hustle. And if I got more money, then I'll pay the guy that I perceive their value to be more. Right? And how did that person get to that level of perceived value? They said no. They at one point in time said, no, I'm not going to do that. I may need rent. I may need this stuff right now, but I am not going to do that to you. I'm not going to give you something for free because I'm devaluing my work. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of points in there that I thought were valid points. And then there's this level, like I said at the beginning of the episode. I hope I didn't. Well, I mean, if you're listening at this point, I didn't lose you. But I'm hoping that you guys can see past the callousness that I have and that Tom has. I hope you guys can see through the hurt that is there, right? Because you feel like you're taken advantage of. And I hope you can see to the source of it. I hope you can see to the origins of how that happened. And at the end of the day, if I've been taken advantage of, it's usually my own fault that I allowed it to happen. And yes, you have to learn from it. And my hope is that my lessons to you it will act, as I say, as a stepping stool so that you don't have to make the same fucking dumb mistake that I did. You know what I mean? That's the hope. That's how something evolves. That is how a society, that is how a species evolves, is relying on those step ladders. And it's, I think a lot of folks, and I was that way, you're allergic to listening to people that have been doing it before you because you're sold, you're told that you're special, you're told that you're going to change the world, you're told that you have the talent and the gift to make things different. And yes, we all have the gift within us to do something, but I feel like half the time we're being sold, told that because we can be sold shit at the same, in the same sentence. Do you know what I mean? Ah, I'm not going to rant on it. You have sat through two hours of ranting. I hope you guys liked today's episode. I hope you learned something from today's episode. And there are plenty of more episodes uh, coming and going. We have stuff planned. I'm excited. And, and while I got everybody here, I just want to take a minute and shout out to all the musicians that contribute to the show. Really great tracks. You guys help make the sound what it is. Um, and the show wouldn't be what it is without you or without you guys giving us tracks to play. So I believe completely in supporting those that support the show. And if I can't pay you guys for it, I'm definitely going to give you guys promotions. Definitely going to push you guys out there. Definitely go check out each and every one of the artists that you hear on our episodes. I put their names in the descriptions. They have all sorts of great merch. They have all sorts of, some of them have really fucking killer vinyls. Um, so be sure to check out our descriptions for each episode and just go give them a shout out. Let them know that they're doing good work. Sometimes that's just as good as buying their shit. You know, when you hear an artist that you really like, if you write to them, you're helping them sort of combat that insecurity that they have that may lead to bad decisions. You know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever. It's a theory. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> That's it. The end of today's episode. You know the deal. I'll see you next Tuesday, all right? Later. Later.